right, welcome back to the Mail Right Show. We are graced with the presence of Christina Smallhorn. She is a real estate rock star. She is a YouTube rock star. She currently has uh, a YouTube channel with 86,000 subscribers. She also runs her own Facebook group on how to do what she has already done on YouTube. We are super excited to have her here today. Uh, Christina, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself directly to the audience? Well, I'm glad you gave me about 3,000 subscribers more than I actually have. I have 83,000 <laughs> subscribers. Um, I've been doing YouTube since like 2017. And in 2019, I kind of like cracked the code on how to actually get views and um, business from YouTube. I always was getting business from it, but this, after 2019, I was able to ramp that up uh, by a lot, <laughs> by a lot, with a lot of help. <laughs> so um, um, I'm sorry, in Louisiana. Yeah, I'm in Louisiana. I'm a real estate agent in Louisiana, and I send out a lot of referrals throughout the United States. Wonderful. So for all of those people who are uh, listening, and John, I'm going to introduce you in a second, but I want to I want to mix the show up a little bit. So if let's say somebody was inspired just based on this introduction to try to, let's say, get in touch with you to trade referrals, how would you like them to do that? Um, well, I always I have this YouTube group that you real estate YouTube mastermind on Facebook. And whenever I have a lead that I can't find a, a person for, I will put it in the mastermind group. And I will say, look, if you're a real estate agent within this area, give me a call. But there's a caveat. You have to have a, a YouTube channel. You can't just like grab leads. <laughs> you know, like, you can't just grab the leads from, from me. You actually have to have a YouTube channel and a YouTube presence for me to give you a lead. Amazing. So uh, for our listeners, for those of you who are my followers, I have been recommending this YouTube channel since I came across it uh, almost a year ago. I strongly recommend that anybody who's listening and interested in YouTube, see if they will let you in. I've been lucky enough to be let in myself, and I have constantly learned and constantly contributed to the channel uh, when time is permitted. So uh, having said all that, John, my co-host extraordinaire, the creator of the Mail Right Show and the Mail Right Lead System um, is a web uh, WordPress developer extraordinary. He's done some really cool things for real estate. So, John, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Oh, right. Thanks, Robert. Yes, look, um, what Robert said, I'm the founder of MailRight. It's a platform that generates quality leads and much, much more affordable. Uh, we're a close team and we're de dedicated in getting you the kind of results you're looking for. If that sounds interesting, go over to mail-right.com, have a look at what we've got to offer, book a, a free consultation demo with me, it would be done personally by myself. And we hope that you join the tribe and join MailRight. Back over to you, Robert. Thank you, John. So my name is Robert Newman. I am an anomaly in the real estate industry. I focus on SEO and inbound marketing strategies, which kind of tend to focus on long-term value other than the short-term syrup that so many other real estate uh, lead generation companies do. But regardless, what I really focus on and why I'm excited to talk to Christina is I focus on the value of information and how you present that to the world and perhaps turn that into something that you can start a conversation with. So Christina, without any further ado with this huge audience that you have, um, John served up the first topic to me prior to us going live. Uh, what? How do you feel about the state of the real estate market as it 
as it exists today. That is that is the topic, right, John? That's I got yep. the question right. Okay. <laughs> well, currently, I have to say that this is probably one of the craziest real estate markets that I have seen in my in my lifetime. Um, I was, I you know, I was new to the real estate business when the first housing crash hit. And it was uh, very clear on what was going to happen. They had given out these crappy loans. You know, people are doing this interest only nonsense. Nobody had any skin in the game. You had stated income. Of course, it was going to fall apart. What people don't know is that loan package had been available for eons before it actually became one of these things that was like everybody got a loan on it. And then like, sure enough, took us 10 years to get out of that nonsense. Now we're seeing this thing where housing prices are going up exponentially. And there's a few reasons for that. Um, I'm actually going to be doing a video on this really soon. But um, there is it isn't just the supply and demand. Of course, that's one of the problems. But there's some other uh, little things that people don't know about, especially in, in major cities. Um, I I know that some people are like, there is going to be no crash. The the it's always going to you know real estate's going to be fine. You know, quit quit doing this. But these numbers, these prices are not sustainable. And so when you whenever you get them off the blog post that they're writing, or you're talking to these analysts behind behind the microphone where they have it on mute, they're like, these prices can't last. But whenever they're talking on screen, they're saying something completely different. And I, I guess it's because they're trying to project the fact that they're, the image that the housing market is fine because they want to continue to get people to buy houses. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I think that uh, the supply will, will, definitely increase uh, this coming spring because more people are getting vaccinated and they're feeling more comfortable about opening their house up to strangers. I think a lot of the supply problem was like people were thinking about selling and they're like, yeah, I could sell, but I don't want a bunch of people in my house, you know, <laughs> this is the wrong time. So gotcha. I just, I think the supply will, will increase. I do. And I do think that there's going to be a foreclosure crisis, not this year, maybe at the end of 2022 into 2023, as the moratoriums, uh, um, I'm sorry, the um, not the moratoriums, but the um, for, forbearances come due. You know, there's going to be people that are still don't have jobs. There's going to be people that haven't paid and can't catch up. And um, I just, I think there's going to be an issue. I, that's my personal belief. All right, John, what do you think? Well, I think I've been really interested in, in the things you've been saying on your channel. I think it's just an extremely confusing situation. Um, I think you, I think you are probably right. It really, what is um, the variable is how big that adjustment's going to be, and really that's out of our hands. Um, that's in the hands of federal government. You know. This situation is artificial as it is because it's been totally caused by mm -hmm. enormous of amounts of money being pumped into the economy. But that money only really benefiting the top 10 or 20% of the population. And that enormous injection of money has been... Um, we've seen hyperinflation, but only in certain assets. And that inflation pressure has been seen in housing because of the liquidity that's been pumped into the economy. Um, fundamentally, 
but the only problem with those that, you know, that's like me and you, and I was saying to you before the show, I'm a great lover of Ken McRoy, um, his, his videos as well, is that the, at the, the only problem with our position, Christina, is that mm-hmm. we don't know what the federal government, because they, they seem like a one-trick pony. <laughs> They're like a one-trick. They're one-trick pony. Their the only answer to any anything is just to print more money and give it to the top twenty percent of the population. That seems to be their only solution for anything. And and this is what makes it more even more alarming. So, housing uh, prices are as high as they have ever been in a, in a long period of time in most areas. Some of them, some areas have gone up twenty five percent from the year before. And investors are still buying houses. And do you know why? Because they want to get their money into real assets and out of cash. They don't want cash anymore because they're they're like cash is becoming more and more worthless. So this is not a good thing. And And what people don't realize as well is that for the poorest of America, those people that live in manufactured homes are the same people that would have really benefited from the mortgage moratoriums. And they would have really benefited from the rental moratoriums, but they didn't get that because they have something called a chattel loan and chattel loans didn't get that reprieve. And since they're, a lot of them are renting the land underneath that, they still had to pay the lot rents. And those are the same people that were most likely to lose their job or go down to one income. What are those people supposed to do? So do you know what happens is the investors just come and scoop them all up and they make a mint. So the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. And to me, it's just, it's like a deck of cards. We were just holding it together. I'm just waiting for one big blow and it's just all going to fall apart. There's, to me, there's a financial great divide that has happened and it's getting bigger and bigger. The middle class is non-existent. It's just either you're poor or you're rich. That's my opinion. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. Let's well, wrap the show up, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens next week. We'll see what happens next week. Uh, on that, um, I think um, I wouldn't quite put it in that terms, but I think uh, um, I think the fundamentals you are correct. Um, the the real the I think there is going to be a readjustment because. Um, I think to reinflate it much more would need such a you know such an enormous figure that even um the Biden administration would be would take a second look basically. It would be a, such a shocking thing. Um I but it's the only pro- thing is but on. I think yeah, good. <laughs> His proposed plan, though, before he was elected, was to give a $15,000 tax credit to first-time homebuyers. What a stupid plan. We don't have any houses available. So now you're going to increase what people could have afforded as a first-time home buying for $15,000. Now that's going to even make it them even out of the ballpark even further. We do not have the supply of houses to allow for that to happen, you know, like that was just a dumb. Yeah, but as, as you know, um, you know, I don't know if you saw Ken Ken's last um, YouTube mm-hmm. uh, episode. He points out that the National um, um, Real Estate Association says that a healthy supply is about six months we supply, <laughs> um, 
And at the present, we got, we got less than um, two months supplied by his figure. But uh, um, and we, about a year ago, we had about three months supply, and that that's gone down to almost one and a half months supply. And he's then when you look at all the people that are um, upside down on their mortgage and the other factor. Even if you just cut that by fifty percent, you're really generous. Uh, you cut it by fifty percent by government intervention. That basically they enable people to kick the problem down the road a bit more. There still leaves with one point five million people that won't be able to kick it down the road. You bund that, you end up with a figure of of over one year supply of housing and if you get to that figure you will have a, re, a sizable reduction in price and I follow his logic so I don't see a total collapse because I just don't think the government would allow that but on the other hand um, I don't think the government could pump enough money to stop a adjustment so I do think there's an adjustment but how big that adjustment will it be similar to what you saw between 2008 and, let's say, 2013, I would doubt it because I don't think the government would allow that. Its ability to stop any adjustment, I doubt it. That's my... But you don't, you don't want to listen to me, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because I am no advisor. <laughs> oh, I'm not a financial advisor. But I do want to ask you this. What do you think... What would you consider a crash? What what amount of equity would someone have to lose in their home for you to consider it to be a real estate crash? Well, it depends who affects, because the banks, the banks are really... That's why they've been asking a lot of people for a 20% deposit. Um, and the government's been asking for that. So... I, I think we're looking at an adjustment um, of between 20 and 30%. Um, with, but um, if it goes, if it looks like it's going to get a lot, lot worse, because um, with the without the government re-entering the market again to subsidise it, which they politically they're going to be forced to do, um, I can see it going down by 50, 60, 70%. I could, I could easily see that. Um, but I, I think I think the government um, is going to enter it, but um, it will still mean a reduction between twenty and thirty percent. And that would be a crash to you. That would that would be an adjustment in price. Adjustment, you won't say a crash. <laughs> well, I call a crash if they wouldn't intervene. The market has gone above two hundred eight levels. It's only government intervention. Um, as it is that maintains it, if, if the government wasn't prepared to do anything, it would actually, I could see it getting worse than the 2008, 2009 crash. I could actually see prices going at its lowest level, going below because the market is so inflated. But mm-hmm. in political terms, the government could not allow that to happen. Okay. I'm going to throw in another opinion here, guys. So everybody has um, them. <laughs> I, everybody's got them. So I do think that the market, I agree with the, the adjustment assessment. I don't know that I agree with all the math. I can tell you though, as I'm not sure how long you've been selling real estate, Christina, but I've been in the real estate marketing industry since 2007. I actually got in at the middle of the crash and um, uh, was running away from the mortgage industry at the time 
and got into technology, but but my bad luck was I got into technology for real estate. So there was there was nothing happening. Like my my clients, which were people like you, if you're selling real estate, were didn't have any money because the banks weren't able to make notes on the homes that they were selling. So it didn't matter if you had a transaction or 10 or 15, you couldn't get them financed. There was no banks lending for those homes which is what ultimately led to the real estate crash is that you really couldn't get the financial institutions to make a movement. Or if you could, it was almost always like a private arrangement with that was specialized. All the big banks were closed down almost universally. So I don't see that happening. The banks are fine. They're going to continue to write loans. What I do think is happening is I think that real estate is wildly overpriced and I can't speak to Louisiana because I don't live there and I'm not tracking that market, but I can speak to California, which is where I'm currently located. And our property prices are the house that I moved into, I want to say seven years ago, was priced at 335. It is now worth 775,000. It is a 1500 square foot bungalow. So if I went out to sell today, this little house that that I couldn't sell in Louisiana for $75,000, no joke, would be worth seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollars it is ridiculous it is i mean i love my house but it's not a seven hundred and seventy five thousand dollar house it's just not it's not a million dollar home yeah you know. I, I, and you live in california and what is happening to oh, all these major cities like austin texas dallas texas um around phoenix arizona even new orleans uh, all these major cities have had an influx of californians coming in in because you sold your house for three hundred thousand dollars over what you purchased it for you have cash in hand and you're dry like these californians are driving up the market price exponentially exponentially to the point where like in Austin, in some areas, it's just absolutely insanity what people are getting for their houses, you know, over asking price paid in cash because they have these, these very cash heavy um, California uh, buyers. I don't blame, I don't blame the sellers for taking either. (laughs) Like, (laughs) You want to pay me more than my house is worth? Have at it, you know? Christina, so Christina, before we go for our break and we go on the more happier topic of YouTube. Um, Just before we go to a break, can you just give us a brief what you feel in your heart is going to happen to the real estate market in the next one year to 18-month period? Um, I believe that by the end of the summer, we're going to start seeing a... um like not cooling effect, but at least more supply of homes on the market. I believe after June, um, when the moratoriums are done with the mortgages, or not, I keep saying moratoriums, forbearance is done with the with the mortgages that um, will have an increase of people that don't have a job that cannot pay. And the, that's going to take months for foreclosures to get in, into the gears of banks. And so I do believe there's going to be a lot more foreclosures. But One thing that people don't realize is that a lot of these major cities like uh, Austin, Texas, and and, and all these other areas is that you're not going to see a lot of those foreclosures because do you know who's buying them? The big tech companies, and they're renting them out to their employees. So <laughs> I don't know if you're counting on the fact that there's going to be a, a wave of foreclosures, I just don't see it in the next couple of years. It could possibly happen in 2023. Um, I am hopeful that some intervention will be done and we will skate through this once again. I just hope it doesn't take 10 years to get through it like we did the last time because it was 10 years. <laughs> 
I'm going to, John, before we go to break, I just want to, I want to finish my thought. So for those of you who are listening, I've said this in emails to my followers. I'm going to say it directly on the show. I think that 2021 and into 2022, we're going to see record years in real estate. I I personally believe that we're going to continue to see absolutely historic highs. I think that what Christina said about people becoming comfortable showing their home is probably 50% of what is currently dragging the market down, a lack of available inventory. And the moment the vaccine gets fully distributed, I believe that a lot of people who've been sitting on the fences are going to look at property prices, are going to get comfortable, and they're going to put their homes on the market, which is going to give us a glut of inventory right in the middle of this year that we're in. So just in a few months is what I believe. Then we're going to see a record number of transactions because I personally know 10 or 15 people that can't buy a home right now because they can't find anything that they can get their hands on. So there's a lot of people who've been trying to buy who can't because they're getting outbid, as Christina said, by people. I'm I'm on the phone with realtors every single day, Christina, and I know you are talking to them too inside the group because I follow those conversations. So my clients directly are telling me that they've got buyers offering $50,000 above list and are getting rejected. So those people are still out there looking for homes. They've got money in hand. It's not like they're going away. They're probably just getting more aggravated and more interested in buying a home. So when something comes up, they're going to snap it up. And we got a lot of that momentum, that that high leveraged momentum going. Now, beyond that, I do think that we're probably looking at an adjustment because the country needs one. That's my simple philosophy. It's not a matter of, I'm not going to look at all the numbers and things that you guys look at. I'm just going to say we need an adjustment, actually. It's not going to hit our profession, all of ours, very well. But then again, you got to look at the people and what they need. And people need affordable homes to get into. That's the bottom line. Like everybody here, except for me, is a homeowner. And so I know you are probably, and I know John is for sure. So it's, you got guys like me who have the income, who can't buy a home right now. And at some point you got to give us an opportunity to get into the market because I don't have a million bucks. <laughs> so shall we go, shall we go for our break, uh, Robert? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back in a few minutes. We're going to move on to the topic of YouTube, which Christina is an unqualified expert in. She is really one of the very, very best in this category. She's done more. If you're looking at actual, what has she accomplished? She's probably in the top two or 3% of producers that I am personally aware of that make video for YouTube. So I'm super excited to get into this. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy to use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no question asked 30-day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to the Mail Right Show, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with Christina Smallhorn. We are going to get into talking about YouTube, and we're extremely excited about it. So, John, since uh, you were kind enough to pre-plan for the show, why don't you serve up the first question? Yes, yeah, so, Christina, you said yourself that you've been YouTubing, I think you said from 2017, but you said it was only... Uh, when you got around 2019, I think in your own words, you said you cracked the code 
of YouTube. What is that code? Can you give us some insights of what that aha, that road to Damascus moment was that enabled you to build your YouTube channel? <laughs> so let me preface this by the saying that I uh, had a lot of help. And so uh, I I won a, a contest where a, I got to meet with a YouTube coach who represents some of the largest channels on YouTube. And uh, he looked at my channel and he was like, yes, you've done all the SEO research. This is a perfect SEO channel for YouTube search. I'm like, thank you. How come I'm not getting any views? And he said, because you're a perfect SEO research channel. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I'm like, well, okay. So what do I need to do? So he said, you really need to focus in on your audience. You're you basically have a spaghetti against the wall method. His name's Daryl Eves, by the way. I'm not going to hide his name, Daryl Eves. Um, he says, you have a spaghetti against the wall method. You're just kind of keep putting out more real estate videos, but none of them are connecting to one another. F really speak to that one ideal audience member. Talk to the camera just like you're talking to them and tell them exactly what they need to hear about real estate instead of doing something about sellers and something about buyers and, and something about owning a home and something about maintaining your home. You're, you're all over the place focus. And so I started focusing. He told me to really concentrate on my uh, video titles. I was doing this thing that a lot of uh, YouTube coaches will tell you to do, which was uh, keyword stuff or double double uh, title your uh, videos. Total nonsense. Stop doing that nonsense. Like tell people what the video is about and make a good title or people are going to click on it. And then, um, and then the thumbnail. I have to tell you, and I'm being completely honest, real estate agents are probably one of the worst niches for thumbnails in the world. Terrible. Everybody has the same thing where they throw their one picture, you know, their, their face on one side and they throw a bunch of words on the other side. And I learned that if you can convey a thumbnail without using any words whatsoever, you've won the thumbnail game. If you can convey that title in that thumbnail without using any words on the thumbnail, you've won, you know, like keep like, and then, you know, just learning and studying. Well, what do you reckon, Christina? Do you think I've got an expressive face? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. There isn't a person in the world, like everybody always says, I don't know if I look great enough on camera. Who gives two flying poops? Not everybody is like model perfect. I know that I'm not, I don't give a crap. You know, I'm over, I'm over, you know, like I'm over 45. You know, the, the youth bug has like left the building and I get it. So who cares? You know, I'm throwing in some good lights and call it a day. And if anybody has a problem with me that I mean whatever but um I don't really necessarily like my voice either and I just I, I'm a goofball so I try to be as honest with people as possible and when I mess up I tell them that I messed up with something and I'm just as real as I could possibly be with my audience that's and that's what I do I, I enjoy YouTube very much it's a it's a puzzle and every time you think that you've really like cracked the code there's some videos that I'm like oh this one's gonna do great and it does poop. So you really have to you know, like step back, look at your analytics and see why, what happened. Was it the beginning of your video that made people click off? Was it the middle of your video that made people click off? What was it about that video? Is it the thumbnail? Is it the title? You know, what was it? And if anybody tells you it was the tags that you used in your, in your, you know, it's the tags, it's the tag. No, it's not the tags. That's 
horse pucky. You know, the tags, literally this came from YouTube itself. The tags are literally the very last thing out of all the sea of information that YouTube uses. The tags are literally the last thing, very last thing. Um, I agree with all of that. I'm going to say one thing. I'm going to add something on, or maybe I'll phrase it in the form of a question. Here's, here's, so I've been, I've been very blessed, Christine. I've had a chance to talk to YouTube influencers well, well before it became popular. One of my oldest consulting clients is 10 years old and he made a mint off YouTube while most real estate agents were looking at him and me like we're absolutely off our fucking rocker. So because Nobody thought he's in the hyper, hyper, hyper luxury segment of the market. Mm -hmm. So, and he's in LA. So this is the place that everybody thought, even if YouTube worked, it's going to work someplace else. It ain't going to work here. You know, it's not going to work here for hyper luxury leads. And they were wrong. But here's the thing that, that I felt then I've proven, I think, which is you mentioned something about lighting. You mentioned something about your age. You mentioned something... And if, if I don't know what you get in your consultations with real estate agents, but in my consultations, I'm constantly being hit with what John hit us with. Do you think I have a, you know, a noteworthy face? It's like, here's what I've always felt. Concentrate on your message. Concentrate on figuring out something that you're very passionate about talking about, that you feel like you're an expert in, something where you really feel like the information that you've got will be helpful to somebody watching the video. I swear to you, and uh, my opinion, and I want to hear what yours is, is that if you hit the right note in terms of the information, yes, there's going to be a certain number of people that turn off the video because maybe you're not young and hot, or there's going to be a certain number of people that may turn off the video or, or engage with the video because you're not young and hot. Regardless I feel like people connect with the information first and the energy of the person second. And if those two things are in place, you're going to be successful. What do you think? Um, well, I, there's two, well, there's two things I want to say that there are successful channels that never show their face. They do a lot of voiceover work and they, they have successful real estate channels. So if you're just that mortified that when you get in the camera, because my husband is one of these people, when he gets in front of the camera, for some reason, he sound like he has like that dead stare and he's completely dead inside and his voice sounds just as dead. So if, if you're, if you're happy and you can get across it without like looking in a camera and you can just talk to the microphone and give that information with lots of B-roll footage, then just do it that way. I mean, that's, if that's the way that you can get your message across, do it that way. I know that a lot of real estate coaches will say, oh, but your face is your brand. No, I mean, no, it's not. It doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It's just kind of like the same thing with thumbnails. Um, everybody was like, oh, you have to put your face on every single thumbnail. That's what the YouTube coaches would say, the YouTube real estate coaches. You have to put your face on there. That's your brand. Well, that's hogwash because I have plenty of videos with over a millions of views that do not have my face on it <laughs> because people want to hear about the house. They can care about two flying flips who I am. And that is another thing is that you have to take your ego out of it. If you are one of those people that you're totally in love with yourself and you want to like, you know, like I'm going to be all over it. Well, guess what? Nobody really cares who you are and how many uh, houses you sold and what your GCI is and your, your ROI. And nobody gives two flying flips. Just stop talking about yourself and give them the information that they want. And that, that's a, that's a thing that, <laughs> 
that always cracks me up. It cracks me up. <laughs> I think that that's a good place for us to wrap up the podcast part of the show, Robert, and go on to the bonus content. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, it's been an amazing show. We've talked about the state of the market. Uh, we hope that you're not too depressed. Um, and then we talked, we've talked about, uh, we talked about uh, YouTube. Christina, I hope you'll uh, stay on for an extra 10 minutes because uh, I'd kind of like to ask you some questions like brand new agent. How do you brand yourself on YouTube? I want to, that's the topic. If you're willing to stay with us a few extra minutes, that's what I'd like to talk about. Sure. Um, lovely. So for those people who are tuning in, I already asked this question originally. I'm going to ask one more time. Christina, how would you like people to get in touch with you? Because I know if I was a real estate agent, I would be trying to. Um, I do have a Facebook group that I run with Malcolm Lawson, and it's called Real Estate YouTube Mastermind. It's a, uh, you don't have to, you know, buy a course or anything like that. And everybody in there is real estate agents that are willing to help one another out. We talk about our thumbnails and and our titles, and we work together, even on our lighting, you know, like as long as I've been in this, in this, uh, you know, doing YouTube, I still couldn't get my lighting quite right. And I finally got it right in here, but that's because I had a, a relationship with all the other real estate YouTubers in there. So um, yeah, join it. It's fun. It's free. And uh, we, they, a lot of them have said, this is the only reason why they come on YouTube is because of our group. <laughs> I mean, come on Facebook is because of our group about YouTube. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw in here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and John, um, this is the most helpful, most profitable group that I'm currently aware of. I think that I've watched more real estate agents make more money than any other group that I've ever been a part of. And I'm part of most of the big ones, Wailopo Success Community, Lab Code Agents, you name it, I'm part of most groups. This one is the one where I really watch the needle get moved for agents trying to do something different. And the best part, in my opinion, is it's leveraging video, which even if you took YouTube off the map, video is still the wave of the future in terms of the way that people are buying and selling almost anything, actually. It's not just real estate, but specifically for real estate. So please go join the group. John, If um, it, it, as long as they'll let you in. Uh, John, if, um, if somebody wanted to reach out to you... Do you think Christine's going to let me in? No. No. Because she's smart. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just joking. I'm totally joking. Of course she's... I don't know. Ask her. So, my man... Be be generous. Let me in. Robert, please, I have... sir, please, sir, can I have some more, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some more girls. All right. Some Robert, I have a question sir. for you. Sure. I have a question for you. Um, when you... Can, we wrap, can we wrap up the podcast part of the show and then go on to the question in the bonus? Yeah, yeah. Hold, so hold it for one second. John, okay. up with how, how we get a hold of you. Um, the best way is just go to the mail-right website and you can either contact me through the contact form, phone me up, or book a... Demo, it's really easy to get hold of me. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, should you want to learn something about SEO or inbound marketing, if you have a burning question about any platform that's out there, Sync, Bold Leads, Boomtown, if you want to know what my take is on YouTube or how I consult with my clients for free in order to leverage YouTube, you can find out all of that information and much, much more at inboundrem.com. And just, I'm going to emphasize, it's just an informational resource. 
I strongly recommend that anybody listening to the show goes ahead and leverages it. Uh, all right, with that, we're going to wrap up the podcast port, and then I'm anxiously awaiting the, Chris, the question that Christina has. Uh, we'll catch you in a moment for those of you who are going to join us on video on the mail-right.com website or YouTube channel. 